We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com All right, uh, coming up, your chance at some money. In about 15 minutes, we will have another keyword for you. You just go to the website to enter it, and you could win $1,000. And a reminder that tomorrow, we play the Moist Line calls for the first time this year. It'll pop up in the 3 o'clock hour. Just dial 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886, or use the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, to leave a message for the Moist Line Uh, Old Joe Biden is uh, finally going to the border. Well, he's really going to Mexico to meet with the Canadian prime minister and the Mexican president over in North America trading. But on the way, apparently he's going to stop in El Paso. Yay. Meanwhile, there is a new border strategy that's been unveiled by the Biden administration that uh, deals with the Title 42 and turning aside even more migrants from countries, but also allowing a legal path. We're going to talk now to Mark Krikorian from the Center for Immigration Studies, the executive director, for more on uh, what this all means. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, What's he he announced? What's he doing different? Uh, Nothing, really. I mean, this is is packaging. It's a PR move. And if anything, it's going to make things worse. Uh, He's saying that there are you know, immigration, the tough immigration enforcement measures he's combining with new legal pathways to let people into the country. The problem is that the, uh, you know, this is presented as sort of a carrot and stick, but it's really all carrot and no stick. Um, There's little in the way of 
uh, enforcement. There's no uh, money, for instance, no suggestion they're even going to do detention of people who come to the border and say that they're persecuted. And if you don't detain them while their you know, hearings are going on and let them go, well, then they've gotten what they wanted. And even if they get turned down for asylum, they're not going to leave. Uh, and he's creating this what's called a parole program. Parole is not the criminal parole. In immigration, it means letting people into the country who don't have authorization to be here. And it's supposed to be for very individual purposes, like somebody you need somebody to testify in a murder trial. No time for a visa. You let him in, and then he goes home. They're using it for hundreds of thousands of people already, and they're suggesting they would be using it for up to a third of a million more people each year. Is that legal so, to stretch the no, uh, definition not. of parole? It's not. And um, there's a lawsuit that the state of Florida brought to stop it. But, you know, this administration basically figures they're going to do whatever they can get away with until some court stops them from doing it. And that takes a long time to happen if it ever does happen. And in the meantime, this administration has let go into the United States well over one and a half million illegal aliens. You've heard their higher numbers people talk about, but those are arrest numbers. Some of them the same people over and over again. But as for the number of people that they have just let go who are never leaving, everybody understands that, that's well over now 1.5 million. These are and this it, will the, just supercharge These that. are all separate individuals, a million and a half. Yeah, a million and a half actual individual separate people, more than that actually at this point, let go into the United States. And like I said, this will simply increase. This is because the administration sees the problem at the border not as one of numbers that there's too many people coming in excess of the limits that Congress has passed. They see the problem as a management problem, that people need to be, that they're not, people aren't being processed efficiently and humanely and safely enough, and that what they need to do is better management of the enormous numbers of people coming across the border <laughs> do, outside the law, do they not stopping people. Do they right. really believe that, or is that just the uh, the talking point to... Uh, what do you mean? Well, do they really believe that it's just a management problem? It, they really do want all these people to come over here. No, no, they do, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. In other yeah. words, the numbers are not a problem for them, right? even though it's beyond what Congress has. They just see it as a way of... What they want to do is keep this out of the news. I see. Um, yeah. I so that you. there's no pictures on Fox News of, you know, 15,000 people camped under a bridge or any of that stuff. That's their goal. Yeah, they don't care if 2 million people come here, but if they could spread it out a little if, more so it doesn't look so bad all at once, that's what they're looking bingo. for. If we had a, yeah. a functioning Congress, is there anything Congress could do to take control of the border away from the president, or is the way the Constitution, the law is written, the president has absolute final say on this sort of thing? Well, there's all kinds of things Congress could do. You know, Congress is the one with final say. The problem is, this is the case with any executive versus the legislature, is that it's hard to make an executive do something they don't want to do, but you can stop them from doing things. And the main way Congress could do that is not only by tightening up, for instance, the definitions and the rules on asylum and parole, but using money and saying that 
you can't spend any money to do X, period. Um, there's all kinds of things, but with a split Congress, uh, and even the Republican House is frankly not gotten its act together, um, none of that's going to happen. And the Democrats are happy to have the president basically set up his own uh, outlaw immigration system because they don't believe that there should be limits on immigration, and they're okay with the president operating outside the law as long as the result is something they they like. I feel well, like I, I, we, we've had two years of this, Mark. We're not really seeing any consequences for what they're doing. I mean, the stories pop up. Fox News covers it. Some other media outlets do. But it doesn't seem like in the elections they suffered for it. It, it doesn't seem to be any political consequences to this open policy. Yeah, well, not not enough. That's for sure. Although the very fact that the president, you know, is uh, is stopping off in El Paso on the way to Mexico and felt the need to release this, you know, fact sheet of new immigration initiatives, that itself suggests they're feeling some kind of heat. And I'm thinking one of the reasons they're reacting is that all of these um, sanctuary city mayors in New York and Chicago are, uh, are, you know, screaming to the White House. They're not doing it publicly. All they're saying publicly is give us more money. But I think... They're screaming to the White House and saying, look, you got to do something about this. We're, you know, hanging out here. Well, uh, well even our Governor Newsom, our Governor Newsom said we can't be spending any more money on the migrants. It's going to bankrupt us. Yeah. OK, exactly. so if, if we have another year of this immigration level, these cities and states are going to have twice as many people that they have now that they've got to care for in some way. They're going to be spending twice as much money. I mean, there has to be a limit somewhere, right? Because New York City can't print money, and and every every yeah, true every dollar but they can demand they can demand bailouts. That's what you're going to be hearing is demanding money bailouts for these cities uh, from the feds because of uh, the migrant crisis. And they're going to say, well, there's no we don't have no control over it. It's just like the tides or the weather. These people are fleeing persecution and all of that stuff. Give us more money. And the question is, will the Republicans in the House stand their ground and say, no, no more money? So what do you think? Do you think they'll hold? Because the Republicans can't be trusted on this issue. Many. No, they can't. But um, we'll see. I'm not optimistic. All right. It seems seems like the whole government, especially on this issue, is just broken. It's just laying in ruins. (laughs) Yeah. And part of that, though, I mean, let's be fair. It's not just that politicians are all weasels. It's that the public really is is divided on what immigration policy should be. There's an increasing part of the electorate, especially after Trump, but even before that, that doesn't think that the American people have the right to keep anybody out. And, um, you know, that's being expressed through Democratic politicians. And this is an issue we need to grapple with politically openly, not just talk about You know, are Haitians being whipped by the Border Patrol or is the wall being finished? Those are all important issues, but those are side issues. The real question is, do we want to have limits on immigration? Yes or no. And if we do, what are we willing to do to enforce the law? All right, Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Mark Kikorian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies and the Biden administration announcing new border policies. And as Mark reads it, it's just to try to make it more orderly, not to limit the number of people. You know, what? I, I remembered this 
and I just saw it in a story in the Washington Post. I think when Biden was debating Trump in 2020, one of his lines was, oh, it's not like I want to see 2 million people at the border. But but that's what happened last year. Yeah, 2.4 million people came in. Yeah. So uh, He doesn't remember he said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got more coming up, including immediately the keyword that you'll need to enter the website to possibly win $1,000. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I've been told there is plenty of room on the moist line, which is kind of surprising because it's been rather moist the last couple of days. You, like uh, you, you are right. It's been, well, moist... Uh, doesn't mean uh, uh, drenched. But the new year just kicked in. We've only been back a couple of days. So this is understandable. If you want to leave a message for the Moist Line, there is room. Use the iHeartRadio app with the microphone icon. Call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. We'll play those calls tomorrow in the 3 o'clock hour. Well, you know, the subject rarely comes up on the John and Ken show. It's about the homeless. We're going to talk to uh, Mike Bonin's replacement on the city council, John's councilwoman, Tracy Park, after the news at 3.30, because there is a story that uh, she's teaming up with Karen Bass to get people out of encampments in Venice. Could this be good news? What do we make of it? Well, we'll talk to Tracy well, coming up after 2.30. Venice needs it more than any other town on the west side. Still, huh? Even though they got them all off the boardwalk last year. Yeah, well, because some of them just, you know, got shuffled around into the they other blocks. They just moved into neighborhoods and other places, right? Yeah. Apparently, this is a pretty large encampment. Bonin left a big mess, and it's going to take a while to clean up. But my question for Tracy is how? Uh, we're just going to send outreach workers and these psychiatrists, we, the street psychiatrists we learned about out there to talk yeah, to them I, for days and weeks? Uh, uh, or you it, got some other plan? It's the same story we read every few days is the outreach workers and they're going to be, you know, sent to uh, some shelter somewhere or hotel room or whatever. But the, 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 the I was talking with somebody about this. That there is no, there, we don't have clinics in any great numbers that could handle the thousands and thousands of homeless people. We don't have the rehabilitation centers. We don't have the mental health centers. There's no law, obviously. We've talked about this 10,000 times. There's no law that compels them to go or compels them to stay. Right. And that's the part where this whole thing breaks down. I know, outreach, yes, fine. You know, give them a room for a night, whatever. But these are crazy drug addicts. Well, we learned also with the statistics for the city of Los Angeles that the murders dipped, and the Times made a big deal of it, it dipped 6%, 2022 versus 2021. But here's an aspect of that number you need to hear more about. NBC4's Eric Leonard with this about the homeless and the murders. A 65-year-old man named Jerry Israel has been identified as the victim of this arson. He was found inside an RV parked along Browning Avenue near Budlong in Exposition Park Monday night, and detectives say it's a homicide. New LAPD crime data obtained by the I-Team shows during 2022 the city recorded a total of 381 murders. Of those, 92 of the victims were described as homeless, or 24% of the total. 
Those cases included the killing of a homeless man July 9th in North Hills, one that prosecutors say was part of a robbery and shooting spree across Southern California. Two men have been charged in that case, which is being prosecuted in Orange County. In 2022, the LAPD also recorded more than 12,800 aggravated assaults. These are the most serious beatings, stabbings, or shootings where the victims survive. Officers describe nearly 1,700 victims of those crimes as homeless or roughly 13%. We are united and serious about the city's crisis of homelessness. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass has declared a state of emergency because of the city's homeless crisis and has promised to rapidly move thousands of people into shelters or hotels. Homeless advocates say any living situation will be safer than tents or RVs. Hey, if the mayor is successful in sheltering people as quickly as she's promised, that should be reflected in some of this crime data that we collect over the next few months. That's Eric Leonard, NBC4. So let's take a closer look at this. 24% of the homicides, the murders in 2022 were homeless people. And then, you know, it's also reported that actually drug overdoses, heart disease, COVID-19 and traffic injuries claim more lives than the murders. So the homeless people are going down for all sorts of bad reasons, which should be another important uh, incentive to get them off the streets. You and I have always talked about this. Like a thousand die a year on the streets. Yeah, but what does this tell you? If a quarter of the murders are homeless people and you're having uh, a thousand a year die in the streets and you hardly hear anything from anybody in government, what does that tell you? They, the, 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 these politicians, for all their talk and blather, consider all these people disposable. Just yeah, I was going to say, doesn't that die. compel you to do something that even if it's nah. against their will, to it, save their lives? It does if you care. It does even if all you want to do is your job. Either care about the humanity, which they don't, and most people don't, or if you have pride in your job and say, look, I'm running this city. We shouldn't have people getting murdered on the streets like this. But... I, this this is this is because because what they've done and they've done it brilliantly they created their industrial homeless industrial complex and they have conned taxpayers into giving over billions of dollars that money is never seen again but there's a lot of people now in the city employed by all these nonprofits by all these homeless agencies they're all making money they got regular paychecks you have even more homeless people and the more you have homeless people the more tax money you'll get in and the more jobs that you'll have. That's the purpose of all this, is to create a new industry. It just jarred me because, you know, whenever you hear homicides, you think of, like, gang members killing each other or something like that or some other type of shootout. Well, there was 25% are homeless people, and, yeah, and they count the ones in the RVs, like the guy that died in the fire. That That's all as part of the stats, but... That should be another reason to make this a priority, to get these people Three, off the streets. That that Brentwood encampment that was a mile from my house, the one near the VA. Oh, yeah, there was a murder there, There, right? were, there were two murders there. Somebody got run over. And uh, Well, there may have been three then. There were two stabbings. <laughs> okay. I was just looking it up. I on remember Google. somebody got run over. Somebody there. got run over and killed. Yeah, there were three deaths. Two of them were stabbing murders. The third one was a, a runover situation. I don't know if they declared it a murder, but clearly it was, you know, homeless people acting up. Yeah. And maybe well, they looked at that as an accident. But it's, it's like three deaths in a, an extremely peaceful neighborhood when there isn't an encampment there. And not an aberration. Apparently in 2021, it was 21% of the homicides were homeless people. So not yeah. a big change. Yeah. Pretty consistent, actually. Right. All right and, when and we you, return- you, you wonder why when they have an encampment in front of a school, everybody goes nuts in the neighborhood? Yeah. 
Tracy Park, new Los Angeles City Council member replacing Mike Bonin, will be our guest next. There's a story that she's teaming up with Mayor Karen Bass to do something about uh, what they call the more, uh, well, the highest need encampments. And apparently there is some or at least one big one in Venice that they're teaming up on to get the people out of the encampment and into some type of shelter. We'll learn more. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We're now on from 1 to 4, and then after the show, you can go to the iHeartRadio app and uh, download the podcast, John and Ken On Demand, and you can listen to that any time of the day or night. And we are on now from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Use that iHeartRadio app to download the podcast. And as soon as we're done, it gets posted. You can pick up the three hours. If you can't listen live, that's all you need to do. Coming up after 3 o'clock, Alex Stone will be on. Wow. Some real information came out today. The affidavit concerning the charges against Brian Koberger, the 28-year-old criminal justice grad student who's been accused of killing those four University of Idaho students. You will see what they did and why it took so long to do it. DNA evidence, cell phone records, and, of course, that car, the white Hyundai Elantra, and, uh, all put together a pretty strong case, it looks like, against this creep. And Fox is now reporting the police say that Koberger yes. stalked the murder victims at least 12 times. Oh. And, of course, the really eerie development is one of the surviving roommates heard noises, came out of her room several times, and then at one point... Looks like Kohlberger passed her in the hallway with his mask on and made his way out a, slide, a sliding glass door. Really? Do you see that other development? Kohlberger has a sister who was in a movie about young people being stabbed to death by yeah. a killer. Yeah. 2011. Do you think that may have been in his head that, you know, maybe I can I, do I something don't know. like that? I, I don't know. He's got, this was, I, I think, a persistent obsession he had. Yeah, and criminology. He, he, so. Yeah, he he, he uh, every aspect committing the murder, investigating the murder, uh, it just I think spun around in his head over and over until he just couldn't hold it anymore. Yeah, he thought he could pull off uh, the perfect murder and never get caught. All right, so back on the subject of homelessness, and of course, her first official act as mayor, Karen Bass has declared a state of emergency over homelessness. Well, we wanted to see if there was an update on any of this, and we did see a story that says that uh, Karen Bass is going to team up with City Council member Tracy Park. She just replaced Mike Bonin on the Los Angeles City Council. She got John Cobelt's vote. Uh, she represents Venice and much of the West Side, and it looks like they're going to focus on some encampments near the intersection of Sunset and Pacific Avenues to try to get people out of the encampments and into some type of shelter. So we're going to get her on the air here. Is she here? 3.30. Oh, I had the wrong time. I'm an good, hour ahead of myself. That was a good tee-up, though. No, that was a good tee-up. Uh, anyway, we will talk to her in an hour. Yeah, I screwed that up. Okay. Uh, the program is called Inside Safe, which we've talked about a lot, and it's supposed to focus on the highest-need encampments. So allegedly what they were working on in Bass's office was a list of these – as. You, you and I, how do you interpret the words high need, John? Meaning really disgusting and really out of control encampments that are really big and really unhealthy. Some of the stuff. And unsafe and un... Some of the stuff I have seen, especially in Venice. Venice and Hollywood is where I see the most disgusting encampments. Right. You know, just where these wild-eyed maniacs stumbling around. And just an immense amount of garbage and filth. And the bicycle parts... And I think it was uh, 
what was it? Sam Canonis, the writer who we had on a couple of times, said that the bicycle parts thing is part of the compulsive um, nature that that the drugs give these homeless people. Like the drugs create these weird behavioral compulsions and repetitions, and and they start hoarding things. And the, the, a lot of the guys like to hoard bicycle parts. Because I hear people say, oh, look at that. He's, he, what he's doing is he's repairing bikes for the other homeless people. No, he's not repairing bikes for the other homeless people. He's stealing the bikes and then taking them apart and hoarding all the individual pieces. That's what's going on. And the drugs, scrambling his brain is what's making him do that. All right, so we'll, we'll talk to Tracy Park in an hour. I just I read the wrong time off my cell phone. I thought it said 2.30. It was 3.30. Uh, but what we will talk about now. Well, Dr. Manger can fix that. Concerning, uh, yeah, really. Uh, concerning, well, not a murderer, but almost. This is the Pasadena radiologist, Dharmesh Patel. Oh, yeah. This story is fascinating, people. Uh, apparently, he and his family, his wife and his four-year-old son and his seven-year-old daughter, got in their Tesla and took a trip up north along Highway 1. And at some point, Dharmesh decided, that's it. I don't want to be around anymore. I don't want them to be around. And he drove the Tesla off a cliff where it tumbled down several hundred feet. They all survived. In fact, they weren't even that injured. Mm. And at first, I guess they were investigating it as an accident. But they determined, at least that's the case right now, that Patel was on a murder-suicide mission. All right, so now how did they determine that? Did he admit to this or did the wife tell the story that uh good question Patel seemed all of a sudden really excited as they were flying off the cliff that's gonna have to come out in some sort of affidavit court because, document yeah um because yeah they fell 250 to 300 feet a miraculous rescue because uh, as one first responder said no one usually survives that it's called Devil's Slide, and there's been a lot of accidents for people going over the side so, there. So, so many airbags pop out of this uh, Tesla model? Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a Y. So and, it creates uh, this apparently cushion? There's like curtains, airbag curtains that pop over, too. It may have done enough because this thing kind of tumbled over. It did land upright. I hadn't heard about this. This sounds really cool. Uh, but anyway, what we were looking for is possibly a sneak peek at what is going on here. Neighbors said that they were wonderful people. In fact, just days before they left on this trip, uh, Patel delivered poinsettias to the neighbors as sort of a Christmas gift. Okay, but all right. But see, that's where I get suspicious. Guy Hmm. in the neighborhood is going door-to-door handing out poinsettias. The average person opens their, oh, how lovely. You're such a wonderful man. I think he's trying to buy their goodwill. Well, yes, that he's trying to (laughs) throw everybody off. So that when everyone goes off the cliff, they would never suspect him. Oh, no. Uh, I wouldn't suspect him. He gave me a poinsettia. <laughs> it's, it's a poinsettia. Poinsettia. I always pronounce that wrong. But he, I know. It looks weird when you see the spelling. But, I mean, this, this is what these guys do. You know. Well, the, the Daily Mail got me today because the headline was, Police came to the Patels' home nine times since 2017. I'm like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Domestic disturbance. But I thought the same no, thing. No. No, they came to respond to burglary alarms or suspicious persons reports. Oh. Hmm. Still, that's a lot. Who's reporting that many suspicious persons? That uh, would imply that somebody in the, in the house is nuts. Yeah, well, how, how many times do your burglar alarms go off? 
in 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 five years, nine <laughs> times. <laughs> never, never. All of them were described as false alarms. Although, remember, LAPD had a problem for a long time with false alarms, and they were getting mad. Well, if they're, they were going to find people for the false alarms, if they're not installed right, you can have a strong wind uh, set off the alarm. Uh, I guess you could. You know, but what or, about the suspicious persons? There were two so that, suspicious person me, reports. See, look, he, Mark has gone on arrival. The guy, the guy's act, obviously severely unhappy. Now, was this uh, a spontaneous move? Like he and his wife are having an argument, and he decides, you know, I just can't listen one more second to this, and I'm going off the cliff, right? Oh, I see. Spontaneous right. decisions. Spontaneous decisions. Like, Jesus, would you stop? And it's like, ah, you know, the hell with it. And he goes off the cliff. Or was he planning this for quite a while because, you know, he's, it's a different kind of psycho, and he's just brooding and angry, and because occasionally, occasionally a, a guy takes out the family. That, that happens. It's interesting. One neighbor actually said maybe this was just a moment of insanity. He can't yeah. believe it. They were great people, a great family. Uh, everybody's puzzled well, because usually when something like this happens, there's somebody that says, well, I'd hear a lot of noise over there, arguments. Yeah, that, That's the thing. A great family goes as far as the front door. You close the front door, you don't know what the hell's going on inside. Because, isn't there, and is there any relative of, of either side that has a story? If she was having problems with him, wouldn't right. she have confided in someone? Of course, she's alive. It's not like she's dead. Right. She can tell her story. Maybe she's... <laughs> Off, caught off guard here too that her husband was going to try to right. kill her and their kids. Then, I have no idea. Then you but... got to explain to the kids why did Daddy try to drive kill us? Why did he drive off the cliff? What are you going to say? I know Daddy's very sick. Uh, makes me think of that Orange County story from last year. Remember the uh, man that's accusing his wife of trying to put uh, poison in his lemonade? Remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. I don't <laughs> know where that story is yeah, now. What, but... what happened to that? Uh, uh, but when we look closer at that one, the, that couple were having yeah. real problems. There's so. always real problems. Either he had them internally or they had it as a family or as a couple. There always are. This, you know, and people who have the worst interior lives put on the best show often. Maybe like yeah. trailer trash people don't. But in the professional class, like this guy, he's a doctor, he's a radiologist. You know, they're handing out poinsettias. That's what you do. All right. Uh, I so you think that was part of it? The, then, if you have, if you're going with that theory, this wasn't spontaneous. Right, handing out the poinsettias to the neighbors was be like I want to make everyone think I, I'm a great guy. I don't trust people who do that. I really don't. It's like uh, you know somebody's at the door and he's got a poinsettia for me. It's like okay, what's your angle? Yeah. What are you looking for here? Where are you covering up? Why are you trying to divert attention? I I don't get it. I don't need a poinsettia. I don't even know you. All right, so apparently he's still hospitalized. But they're investigating the case thoroughly. So since everybody's alive in this case, we're probably going to get some real answers before too long as to why he tried to do this. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 to 4 every day, 1 till 4. And then after that, go to the iHeartRadio app, click podcasts, and it's called John and Ken On Demand. You can hear the whole show anytime you want, 24 hours a day. That's right. At your leisure, at your pleasure. Pick us up whenever you need to. Coming up after the news at 3 o'clock, Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, has got all the details on the affidavit concerning the Idaho College student murders and the man accused of those murders, Brian Koberger. A lot was revealed, some of it pretty shocking, concerning what they have against him, the DNA, cell phone tracking, the car, all that coming up in the... Three o'clock hour. And then we will, my bad, we will be talking to council member Tracy Park at uh, 3.30 oh. on the Johnny Kent Show. I thought we already did. Did I miss it? 
Uh, maybe Joe Biden. Maybe we did. I, it's, a, it's a new year. Everything can be lost. A big story out of Mexico today. Is it connected to Biden's upcoming visit to Mexico? Is it a way of trying to clean things up a little bit to make his, because uh, a lot of media will be covering this. Uh, John's favorite, the prime minister of Canada, Trudeau, will be there. Uh, the Mexican president, we call him AMLO. Uh, That's, he's that- got four names. Yeah, Trudeau um, is is like uh, Newsom's little brother. They're, he is they're the same guy, Garcetti Newsom, right? That they're mayor all, of Minneapolis. They're all insufferable wieners. Well, they have once again captured the son of El Chapo. Uh, people are probably familiar with El Chapo. That was his nickname. Uh, that's uh, the man that was in charge of a major cartel. That we eventually caught him. Remember, we caught him, and then he escaped. They dug a big tunnel, right? And yeah. he escaped from a prison, but eventually they nabbed him again, and now he's being held in the United States. The son is Ovidio Guzman, and uh, they captured him today on what was an unbelievable scene, according to reports uh, out of uh, Mexico today. That apparently Mexican security forces captured him in a military operation on the outskirts of the state capital of the Mexican state of Sinaloa. That, by the way, is where the cartel name comes from. Uh, And it says here that uh, the cartel members went on a rampage in revenge for the capture of their leader. They burnt buses and trucks, and they staged shootouts at the airport. And there's actually pictures and video of people on passenger planes at the airport Ducking down because bullets were hitting the windows. Can you believe oh my that? God. They blocked entrances and exits to the city, too. I can't really be sure how to pronounce this. Culiacan? That's the name of the capital of the Mexican state of Sinaloa, where all this was going on. And this was their way of saying, you better give them back. I say that because I think we did do this story. He was captured in 2019, but the government freed him. Because cartel gunmen flooded the city, fought the soldiers, and threatened to attack their families at a military housing project. There were hundreds of them. Hundreds the Mexican of these... President Amlo said, all right, we're going to let this well, guy go. I don't want a bloodbath. See, this is the thing. The drug cartel is more powerful than the military, more powerful than law enforcement, more powerful than the whole Mexican government. Yeah, he just unleashes his army and everyone says, okay, we'll give him back. See, now, I mean... Are they going to do that again? They're saying this time they won't. And the story in the Wall Street Journal says that that AMLO, his name is Lopez Obrador, didn't like using the military to try to, you know, the war on drugs. Instead, uh, he thought that uh, there's a lot of poverty and social inequity, and we have to work on violent crime. Some people called it hugs, not bullets. Actually, he called it that. But they're saying now that he's changed his mind after four years of this. If you uh, know, that- it doesn't matter what their policies are, because every day, you know— uh, Thousands and thousands of pounds of meth and cocaine and fentanyl cross the border now, every day. So, you know, they, they, they could have their policies or not have their policies. It doesn't make a different difference. There's so many people working for the drug cartels. There's so many laboratories creating the fentanyl and the meth. And they have a distribution system that nobody can keep up with. The U.S. has a $5 million reward for the capture of this guy. He was indicted in 2018 on charges of smuggling meth cocaine but, and marijuana but, but that's great but the next guy just takes over and it's the same system 
Yeah, the cartel should go so on, right? They, they, they do this because stuff. Because El Chapo, was, he's been in prison for a while now, and we're still seeing the drug trade bigger than ever. In so. 2021, Guzman and his brother, they were running 11 at laboratories just in Sinaloa, producing 5,000 pounds of methamphetamine a month. And then wow. they sell it wholesale to U.S. and Canadian distributors. They, they also have a, a fentanyl trade. And uh, much of the fentanyl smuggled into the U.S. is produced in laboratories in uh, Culiacan. So I, th- th- it's going to go on and on and on. Yeah. But so do you think this was symbolic to try to say to Biden as you're coming here, <laughs> look what I did. I got this guy for you. I mean, you can capture these guys every once in a while, but there's thousands and thousands of people and they're extremely well armed. And well, so, now you understand why this Mexican president said we need to build the economy and get people out of the, getting into the drug well, but trade. They, but they have an economy. It's, uh, there, is, mean, it, there is no industry they can build in Mexico that will make people as much money as this drug industry makes them. Right. There's no way to, to create wages out of you know, traditional uh, industries. It's impossible. This is the best thing to be involved in. All right, coming up next, our guest will be Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI. He can fill us in with a lot of, uh, some of them, shocking details. The affidavit against the man accused of killing the Idaho college students. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And in for Deborah Markets, Layla Muhammad, live in the 24-hour KFI Newsroom. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process. 
starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today.